It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grimly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. On your Monday episode of Locked on Raptors, the Vegas odds have the Raptors as the number two most likely team to land Kevin Durant. And so naturally, we're going to talk about that on today's show. We'll dig into whether or not it's likely the Raptors can pull together a package that doesn't gut their entire future based on how the market's playing out. We'll also talk about whether they could get involved in the KD sweepstakes as a way to grease the wheels of a three-team trade. Perhaps DeAndre Ayton ends up with the Raptors We'll get into that and so much more as KD Week kicks off here on the podcast with Vivek Jacob, a Raptors.com, joining along for the ride. We'll get to that in just one second. Thanks for being here. Oh, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So I don't shoot kind of this. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 1208 of Locked on Raptors. 
for Monday, July the 4th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked on Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode of the podcast. You can also follow, subscribe to, rate, review the podcast on all your favorite podcast apps for free. And you can go to YouTube and subscribe for free as well. Just hit the big red subscribe button and support the show. We very much appreciate your patronage over there. Again, it costs nothing to do, and you're supporting me and making me feel good. So I don't really see the downside here. Uh, thank you for making us your first listen of the day, and thank you to BetOnline.net, who are bringing you today's podcast. BetOnline is covered with more uh, props, odds, and lines than ever before this season. BetOnline is where the game starts. And speaking of gambling lines, it's got Raptors fans in a tizzy. Kevin Durant right now is a plus 250 odds, the number two odds of any team in the NBA to end up with the Toronto Raptors, and the slow freefall of those odds on Sunday sent Raptors fans into a full-on, like, pandemonium, Kawhi Watch-level hysteria, and now we sit here on Monday. Adrian Wojnarowski said last night that nothing is imminent or close, there's no traction, and so maybe we get a chance to breathe here. Either way, we're going to talk about Kevin Durant all week long until this thing resolves itself, and joining me to kick off KD5 Wade week is our pal Vivek Jacob from Raptors.com. Big V, I'm tired already. Uh, are you uh, sitting there scrolling your phone? I currently have like a shoulder injury because my scrolling arm, my dominant scrolling arm has been in so much use over the weekend. It might also be because I have bad posture generally, but uh, where, where are you at, man? How are you feeling about the KD sweepstakes? I'm good, man. I'm feeling good. I, I've just been watching Wimbledon and some cricket and <laughs> I'm relaxing. I'm like, hey, I've got my notifications on for Woj and Chris Haynes and Shams and so whoever breaks it I'll be ready man so mm -hmm. I'm not I'm not worried about just doom scrolling forever and seeing all the takes seeing all the <laughs> goodbye Scotty videos and all of that <laughs> So we're talking about the same thing this week that we talked about the last time you were at the show last Monday, where it was just kind of like a thought exercise. Zach Lowe had thrown it out on his podcast the Friday before that the Raptors should be the first call for the Nets uh, if, you know, KD were to be on the market. And then I believe just after we recorded last Monday, Kyrie opted into his contract and everything seemed fine. And so, uh, you know, kind of put it on the back burner and didn't really think about KD trades until, of course, Thursday. Day when the trade demand came in just before free agency opened up and threw the whole league into chaos. And I know I have not been thinking about a whole lot else since then. And just sort of thinking of different iterations, thinking of like the Scotty and the Pascal of it all. And is it worth moving on from the future for Kevin Durant? Blah, 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 blah. We've talked till we're blue in the face. We'll continue to talk till we're blue in the face over the course of this whole week. But I guess just sort of starting out here, Big V, we're going to talk about some different iterations of trades. We're going to talk about, I think, what the hypothetical best version of a Raptors Nets trade could look like to leave behind the best possible team. We'll get to that. I also have a three-teamer I want to throw at you, courtesy our pal Daniel Hackett over at Raptors HQ. But just as it stands right now, how are you feeling about the Raptors' reported pursuit of Kevin Durant? Are you concerned that they're getting into waters that could lead to some big-time trouble? Or is it more of a, the front office seems to know what they're doing. Uh, this is probably going to turn out pretty well, whether they get Kevin Durant or not. Are you just chilling? Are you feeling all right with the sort of trust that the front office is not going to bungle this? Yeah, I feel very comfortable with that. I think uh, the report from Sportsnet's Michael Grange that they're keeping 
Scotty Barnes off the table yeah. uh, was good to see. And KD's apparent openness to playing in Toronto is encouraging right. as well. So uh, I think beyond that, yeah, if there's a deal to be made, uh, I think the Raptors front office will strike that right chord between, you know, not giving up too much and uh, being a championship contender if they are to pull a trigger. Yeah, that's where I'm at with it right now. I think my overall sort of feeling on it is Raptors fans can relax and sort of feel pretty good about whatever outcome happens here because I think the Raptors are really only going to get involved in a KD trade if it's a trade where if you sort of said it out loud right now, people would say, you're an idiot. This is going to take more than that. I just think that's the only way the Raptors are going to dive on into this because they're not in any position where they need to, right? Like they're not at the end of a, you know, a win curve where they've lost a whole bunch of times and they need to go and sort of make a big shakeup move to keep things flowing like they did back when they got Kawhi Leonard. They're still very, very early on. They're in the infancy of whatever the hell this team is going to become. And that gives them kind of the power in this negotiation, if there is a negotiation even going on. And yes, the Nets also have some power in that they have Kevin freaking Durant potentially available. And so they should be asking for a ridiculous price. They should be asking for Scotty Barnes. If they're not asking for Scotty Barnes, Sean Mark should probably be fired on the spot. But I think the Raptors, because of the situation they're in, because they're not under any duress to go and make a move right now, they don't have any pending contract situations that make this muddy or anything like that, it does feel like they kind of have the upper hand here. And they'll be waiting there if the rest of the market doesn't bear out, if they can't get what they want from the Suns, if no other mystery team kind of comes into the fold here, the Raptors will still be there with a pretty good offer available. And I just feel like they're not going to do a deal unless it's just an obvious no-brainer that both keeps the potential for a title now with Kevin Durant joining a title-ready team and also the long-term health of the team and the long-term sustainability intact. So, you know, for Raptors fans who are concerned about them trading Scotty Barnes or even Pascal Siakam, I kind of don't think they're going to do that. And if they don't do that, if they don't put Scotty Barnes in a trade, then you just don't get Kevin Durant. And that's fine. And, you know, th that that's okay because they don't need Kevin Durant to continue to sort of build something pretty cool here. Um, are you kind of on the same wavelength with that, Big V? Like, is there, um, you know... A, I don't even know how to kind of frame this. We've talked, we've talked about this a million different ways already, but what's your sort of overall take on what the Raptors might actually go to here? Do you kind of feel the same way in that they're not going to jump and just make a deal for the sake of making a deal? They're going to kind of just be the benefactors of a market that doesn't bear out maybe the Nets, the way the Nets want to? Uh, yeah, I think the Raptors are in a good position, right? Like they are secure in what, the roster currently presents and that's mm -hmm. just continuing to grow and uh giving scotty and pascal and fred and og and gary that uh, and precious that opportunity to continue to grow together mm -hmm. uh, and then they recognize that there is a potential path here uh and by not including scotty in any deal you are looking at the possibility of both contending now and in the future and so yeah uh i do think there's you know, variations of a Pascal deal that could make sense um, as much as it would hurt. But <laughs> uh, yeah, it's kind of similar to what I said last week, right? Where Scotty to me is off the table, but uh, most deals outside of that, I would give consideration to 
Um, deals that don't involve either of Pascal or Scotty, or say, for example, that deal that Grange floated out uh, of, you know, uh, a construct of OG, Gary, and all the picks. Yeah. I'm 100% doing that. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I've seen like it, it floated out there, like, you know, a radio account or, you know, random Raptors Twitter account be like, if the Raptors offer up OG Ananobi, Gary Trent Jr. and some picks from Kevin for Kevin Durant, who says no? Do you do it? And it's like, if this poll doesn't have a 100% yes rate, we need to go check the brains of the people who are voting no. Like, Love OG Ananobi. Love Gary Trent Jr. Very good players. Their combined forces will never, ever, ever even touch what Kevin Durant is and what he figures to be, at least in the coming years. Like, it's just, it's a no-brainer. It's an obvious win for the Raptors if that's what they can pull off. And I kind of think if a deal does go down, that will be the one that does take place. I, I just, it feels like that's the way it's headed. And again, if the Raptors don't want to do anything more than that, then they just don't get Kevin Durant, and that's probably fine. Uh, we're going to continue on. I want to talk about some different iterations of trades and sort of what the best version of the team left behind would be. I want to talk about Pascal Siakam deals, even though it makes me want to throw up, but we'll get to that. And uh, we'll also examine a monster of a three-team deal in case the Raptors are lurking to be part of like the sort of greasing of the wheels of a KD to the Suns deal. We'll get to that later on. But... First, I want to tell you about our friends over at betonline.net. It's your number one source for all your betting needs and info. Find all the latest sports developments, including Kevin Durant rumors and odds and lines and next team where he will be and all that stuff. It's all there for you at betonline.net. If you want to go and be part of the crazy odds shift for Kevin Durant to the Raptors, you can go and do that at BetOnline. It's your continued source for all your sports wagering information. You get live betting, esports scores, podcasts, injury reports, everything that's there to give you all of the information you need to make the informed wager, which is really what you should be doing. You're putting your money down. This is not just, you know, you're throwing it around like willy-nilly. This is your hard-earned scratch, baby. BetOnline.net is here to make sure you're spending that scratch intelligently on the right bets. They're going to try to win you some money. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events. you got MMA, boxing, golf, Wimbledon, everything's there. Head to the website today, use your mobile device, learn more about the trends and the action. Bet online is where the game starts. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but really the first words you want to say are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And trust me, as someone named Jake, that is a fact. That's the phrase that will help you feel good knowing that you have people who could help you find the right coverage for the things you want to protect. Insurance doesn't need to be complicated with a State Farm agent. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits you because your situation is unique. And State Farm is there to help you feel supported with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. And when you need ways to get help, don't yell or be angry because State Farm gives you options there too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com or their award-winning app. State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Okay, we continue on here with your first listen of the day. 
Uh, and again, this is going to be Kevin Durant week on the podcast. Tomorrow we've got a crossover episode, likely with both Locked On Suns and Locked On Nets. If at the very least it'll be with Locked On Nets, we're still working on scheduling with our pal Brendan from Locked On Suns, but that'll be tomorrow. We got Katie Heindel coming on to talk about the feelings of it all this week. We got Will Lou coming on to talk about it as well. It's going to be KD all week here on the pod, but we continue on here with sort of the big picture stuff. So, Vivek. The various deals that have kind of been thrown out there, you know, the the ideas, even if like we'll we'll consider the Scotty Barnes one right now too, even though we don't think it's going to happen. But there's essentially three frameworks. It's Scotty Barnes plus Gary Trent Jr. and like Ken Birch and whatever picks, probably fewer picks because it's Scotty freaking Barnes, even though the Nets very clearly are lusting after many picks because Rudy Gobert for some reason has set the market. Uh then you've got the Pascal Siakam package, which is a little easier. It's a bigger contract. I think you get to throw one smaller salary in there whatever picks to get Kevin Durant in that in the door that's sort of door number two and then door number three is that OG plus Trent plus picks maybe you have to throw in a, an extra player maybe even like a precious Achua or something like that we can consider that but my question to you Big V is which iteration of a KD trade leaves behind the best team for the Raptors to go and try to win a title with because you know, the Siakam one, I think, is interesting because it's sort of a one-for-one one swap, more or less. But I also kind of think part of the appeal of getting, getting Kevin Durant is to pair him with Pascal Siakam. Feels like their skills will complement each other incredibly well. And so I kind of think maybe that's like the worst iteration of this trade to go and win a title next season. Where are you at in terms of what the best deal to maximize the title window with Kevin Durant? We can throw out the future for now. What's the best deal to maximize right now, do you think, if the Raptors were to pull something off? Yeah, I think that's a great question. One thing I do just want to quickly touch on is the yeah. ne- the Nets wanting uh, like a huge pick package. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, people buying into, oh, Rudy Gobert trade. Look at look at how many picks were there. The uh, DeJounte Murray trade. Look at how many picks were there. Part of why there were so many picks in those deals is because there was no all-star involved or yeah it was a poop ladder of players going back yeah exactly <laughs> the best player going back in that atlanta deal was danilo gallinari the best player mm-hmm. going back in the utah jazz deal was jared vanderbilt mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's wow the malik it... beasley shade unbelievable <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a... malik beasley can get all the shade he deserves um uh <laughs> So I think that's where, you know, if you are involving Pascal Siakam in a deal, then absolutely you're not surrendering. uh, You shouldn't be surrendering uh, significant picks. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so uh, I think what gets really interesting is your point about uh, having someone who is a ready-made all-NBA talent to go along with KD right now to contend. Mm Mm-hmm. Versus, say, that OG plus Gary plus whatever deal where you are losing your best wing defender one-on-one, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when it comes down to those big matchups, say, potentially, uh, you know, against a Kawhi Leonard or a Jason Tatum or whatever it may be, not having that guy is going to hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, Pascal Siakam is a tremendous team defender his ability to roam is excellent uh but you wouldn't look at him and say hey you know go one-on-one with, with jason tatum all game you know what i mean sure, sure. Um, 
And so I think that's where the question gets really, really interesting. At the end of the day, I will take the all NBA talent and I would rather do the OG plus Gary uh, and whatever deal and go mm-hmm. from there. Um, and then, uh, yeah. And then you'd probably put the Pascal deal second on the list. Um, yeah, that's where I'm at. What about you? So this is actually why I find the whole Scotty Barnes thing to be fascinating. Cause I actually think a Scotty plus Gary plus whatever package leaves behind the team that can go and be like the very obvious favorite next season, right? It's you get Fred, you get KD, you have OG, you have Siakam, you have Achua. Like, good luck against that starting five. It would be ridiculous. You throw an Otto Porter and Thad Young and Chris Boucher off the bench. Like, that to me is a championship-level rotation. You, Yeah, you lose the shooting of Gary Trent Jr., but oh no, you've replaced it with Kevin freaking Durant. Like, <laughs> that's obviously, uh, you know, the, the appeal of getting Kevin Durant is he sort of fixes everything. He fits with everybody. That's the whole thing about how good a player he's been over his career. You know, personalities aside that he's hitched his wagon to, he pretty much fits with anybody, whether it's Russ or Steph Curry or whomever. So, like... That, to me, that's why the Scotty Barnes thing has at least a little bit of intrigue to it, even though I wouldn't do it. Trading Barnes, who is great, obviously fantastic. Is he ready to be like the second banana on a championship team as of next year? I would say that's a little ambitious. You set KD up with Siakam, OG, and Fred as that sort of flanking, supporting cast with Achua and the rest of the crew. That, to me, is a team that can go and win the championship next season and probably be the favorite walking in, even with, like, the Clippers loading up and getting healthy and the Nuggets and all that stuff. Like, that Raptors team would be insane. That said, I'm not doing the Scotty Barnes thing because the long-term picture is too murky. And I, Really, where I fall, I fall off with the Scotty Barnes thing is the, you know, if you could guarantee you had a healthy Kevin Durant for the next four years... I might consider it because that's four years of a window, but you can't guarantee you're going to get a healthy, healthy Kevin Durant. He's missed time in recent years. He's had an Achilles injury in his past. He's going to be 34 at the start of the year. You just can't bank on that because you're looking at a potentially not even four year window. He'll be 37 in that final year of the contract. Like how much are you actually expecting from Kevin Durant? It's actually why I think it's really fascinating if you can pull it off without giving up Pascal or Scotty because you set it up so KD can kind of age into becoming like the third best player on the team by the end of the contract. And holy God, that would be incredible. But if it's, you know, KD with no Scotty, like you're putting every one of your eggs into like the next two years basket. And with how good the league seems to be, how many other like loaded rosters there are, the Celtics aren't going anywhere. The Sixers, as much as it pains me to say, they look really good. The Western Conference is going to be absolutely stacked. I don't think there's a good enough chance that you win the title in the next couple of years and avoid some sort of injury befalling KD that it's worth the sort of nine years of Scotty Barnes that you're at minimum that you're trading off of. So as much as I think it would maximize next season, I don't think you can go ahead and do it. And then after that, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think keeping Pascal to me is how you ensure that they are a championship level team next season. You can fill in the pieces around, you can, you know, move Otto Porter in the starting lineup if you need to. I think OG plus Trent plus whatever and the picks and all that is clearly the move to me to maximize the team. I know some folks might say, well, you get more depth, you get more shooting around KD if it's Pascal going out. I just feel like 
you know, you don't want to lean so much on KD being your main creator, right? He's, again, 34 years old. If you can sort of take some of the burden off him because Pascal Siakam is this offensive engine all of a sudden after last year, that to me is kind of the ideal version of the deal. And that's why I don't really see a world in which they pull the trigger on a deal that includes either Pascal or Scotty. The sort of trade-offs, you know, in the short term or long term, a little too much. That's why that OG Trent thing kind of falls in the sweet spot. Um, let me ask you this, like, say to sweeten the pot, you know, the OG Trent thing is out there, but the Nets say also give us Precious. Do you do it? Oh, man. <laughs> this week is going to be fun. <laughs> I I think at that point, because at that point, you're still including picks. And so at that point, I mm. walk away. Right. I don't think that's a championship contender anymore. I mm. think when you look at the different versions of that team, it makes sense because you're putting Precious at the five. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I think, uh, and to the point of, you know, you lose OG and Anobi as a defender, like there is some solace knowing that, hey, you can put Precious on someone. Sure. Right? And so to lose both, I think, would be really, really tough. Um, you'd have to really nail the buyout market, the veteran minimums, all of that. Thomas Bryant, baby, bring him in. <laughs> um, to make to make it work. So, yeah, it sounds crazy, but I think I think I I would say no at that point. Um, I, I think it's it's got to be two of the core plus the picks whether it's pascal and gary or og and gary doing a third i think uh, goes over that line in terms of what to compete and i think that's where you know you have to keep in mind what the other offers are and so yeah uh, who are you betting against right yeah and i so this is where i make the point the trade has to be the best offer available not the best offer Mm -hmm. possible right yeah um if this was a kevin durant who was still 27 28 29 30 then it's a no-brainer that you would have to include Scotty for that guy. Yeah. But this is a 34-year-old KD, three years removed from a ruptured Achilles. Um, so I don't think Scotty is a must. Um, and that's where these other possibilities open up. Uh, and then, you know, again, talking about that 30-year-old KD, 28-year-old KD versus the KD now, the type of roster you would need to be a contender for those two versions, you have to seriously consider that. And that's where, again, if you give up OG and Precious, those are two incredibly good defenders that mm-hmm. I think would just take away a lot from that championship contending ability. I think I still probably do it. I think I disagree with you because you keep Scotty and because you keep Pascal. Like, figure out the rest around the big four of Scotty, KD, Pascal, and Fred. And I think you can do that. You've got, you know, Thad, you've got Otto, you've got Boucher off the bench. That's the seven-man rotation right there. You could find one playable big man. Maybe it's Christian Coloco as soon as this year. That feels like it's a lot to ask of a second-round pick. So it's probably not Christian Coloco as soon as this year. But, like, look, if the Raptors some guy off the heap... I if the Raptors got I Kevin Durant, I, I could very much see Serge Ibaka coming back on a veteran's minimum. 
Oh, I am. I'm. I. Oh God! Don't even get me. Don't. Don't. Don't even do it, man. <laughs> this is too too much of an emotionally charged week as it is. I am fully on board with the minimum deal for Serge Ibaka. I that 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 would be extremely extremely cool and fun. Um, but yeah, I uh, I think I'd do it for Precious because as much as I love Precious and I'm super high on Precious, if it's like the deal breaker and you get KD for not giving up Scotty or Pascal, if you include Precious. I think I'd probably do it, and then you figure it out. And you still have a little bit of leeway, right? Because you still have Scotty, and you'll still have that long window. It's less like, gotta win the first year with KD. It can be something that you build over a couple of years and sort of build up the infrastructure. So, yeah. yeah it's tough, man. It's it's very hard. It this is fun. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I think it would come down to the draft pick compensation that comes with it. Like, if sure. you're still sure. giving up, like, four or five first-round picks... Then yeah. no, sure. If you're giving up a couple, yeah, then I think that's something that you have to really think about. Yeah, the other thing you just mentioned there is the sort of Scotty KD comparison. We're going to get to my big three team monster of a deal where the Raptors don't get KD and they get Aiton instead. We'll get to that in a sec, but um, the Scotty KD, there's been this sort of talking point that I have really disagreed with about the Scotty KD thing for those who are on the side of you deal Scotty for KD. Like, I, I think there's lots of smart folks, probably less Raptors adjacent and more sort of national media types who are saying this, like, well, obviously he's a top 10 player of all time. Of course you trade Scotty. He's never going to be a top 10 player of all time. That's just like a very dumb and reductive way to talk about it to me because Kevin Durant is a top 10 player of all time, probably. But is he going to be on the level of a top 10 player of all time over the next three seasons? Probably not. Like, he might not be, by the end of those three seasons, a top 10 player in today's NBA, let alone all time. And so I feel like it's just sort of a disingenuous thing to say, like, well, look at all the things Kevin Durant has done. Like, yeah, that's all stuff he's already done. Is he going to do that again? Is he going to score 32 a game and be the MVP in the next three seasons? No. Like, that's not happening. And so... That is just where I kind of lose the whole, well, obviously you trade Scotty for KD thing, because it's just, it, it's not, it's an, not, it's an apples to oranges thing. Scotty is maybe not going to be as good at his peak as Kevin Durant is, or was at his peak, but you're not trading for Kevin Durant's peak, and you don't even know what Scotty Barnes' peak is going to be, and whatever Scotty Barnes's peak is, you're trading away six, seven years of that, and that is where the calculation gets a little too messy for me to want to wade into that. Um, just wanted to get that point out there because it's been bothering me. We're going to come back on the other side. We're going to leave the Raptors getting KD conversation for now. Don't worry. We'll talk about it for the rest of the week. But we are going to talk about DeAndre Ayton, who's still kind of a figure in all of this because he does not yet have a team. He's on the Suns currently, presently. He's a restricted free agent, but does not seem like he's going to finish this offseason with the Suns. Maybe he's with the Raptors and part of a three-team trade. We'll talk about that in one sec. But first, let me tell you about our friends over at Rob rockauto.com who are saving you time and money when you go to the mechanic. The mechanic sucks. It's terrible. They are charging you all the money in the world for these parts. They have one in stock if they even have one, or maybe they have to wait for it as they order it from the parts store, whatever it might be. There's no selection. There's no choice. You don't have any power when you go to the mechanic. You're at the mercy of what they are going to provide for you. And so, 
If you go to rockauto.com, you can get the power back because they have all sorts of different options for you, brand specifications, different prices, and you can choose the parts that work for you. You can buy them, you can put them in, you can do it yourself at home, or you can take it to your father-in-law's house like I do when my car goes wonky. You could also take the part to the mechanic and say, hey, got this part, put this in, please, and you just pay for the labor, not paying for the parts. That's the way to do it. They've got everything you might need for brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpets, and you can explore their easy-to-use website in just a few seconds, you can find the exact part you need for your make and model and year. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box to know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts you will ever need at rockauto.com. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, Big V, we continue on here, rounding out today's first listen with a look at a trade that kind of breaks my brain, but could be on the table. The DeAndre Ayton thing complicates all of this. Obviously, the Suns are still the favorites to get KD, but it doesn't, it doesn't mean that, hey, we don't know if DeAndre Ayton would want to play ball as part of a sign-in trade to go to the Nets. Seems like kind of a toxic situation to want to go to. Would you want to sign up to be on a team with Ben Simmons and no one else? I don't know about that. Uh, also, because of the cap situation, it's tricky for the Nets and the Suns to pull off a two-team trade that sends KD out and brings in Ayton because of the hard cap and base year compensation and all this stuff. And so... If there is going to be a KD to the Suns thing that happens, a three-teamer is probably the most likely here. Another team to sort of massage things, take on salary, and in this case, take on perhaps DeAndre Ayton. And so, on Friday, I messaged our pal Daniel Hackett from Raptors HQ. He's our cap expert over there. I should probably be, like, Venmoing him a bunch of money every time I message him. But he loves doing this stuff, and so I lean on him hard. But he is very good at cap minutia. He knows everything there is to know about the CBA. And I asked, is it possible for the Raptors to get in on a DeAndre Ayton trade where they land Dayton and it's like legal and it's possible to actually pull off and he said yeah it is let me work on it for you he then a couple hours later sent me a full google doc with a trade involved sort of detailing all the different reasons why it works and why it doesn't i won't bore you with the cat minutiae but i do have a trade to share with you uh, that i'm just going to pull up right now uh it is it's a monster but it does get the raptors deandre and let me just ask you first uh, before we bring this deal in, the idea of the Raptors kind of being the benefactor of this situation with the Nets and the Suns and landing a guy like Aiton, is that something you'd be interested in the Raptors being part of? Or is the fit a little bit concerning to you? Because like you can argue whether or not the, the Aiton fit makes sense or not. I think they could make it work, but I totally understand the argument of, hey, this doesn't quite work for what the Raptors want to do. 
Yeah, I would be opposed to it. I think that the Raptors, you know, signing Otto Porter gets them closer to where you need uh, your three-point shooting, uh, your team three-point shooting uh, to be. Mm -hmm. And I think if you were to surrender a Gary Trent Jr. or whoever it ended up being, I would assume it would be one of Gary Trent Jr. or OJ Ananobi or someone of that nature going the other way, I think it just puts you in a hole. I, th- I think, you know, Aiton's not a shooter and he'd come on board where I think part of his unhappiness was a bit of his role and not getting, uh, you know, enough touches in the post and all of that. So uh, he's an okay defender. I wouldn't say he's a very good defender. Um, and so I feel like it, w- it would be a no for me. I feel like it's either land KD or just continue with, the roster as is and make some moves around the edges. We've had lots of disagreement on today's show. I love it. Uh, I disagree. I I think Aiden, I think I'm probably a little higher on his defense than you are. I think he's a really good defender, excellent rim protector, can move his feet pretty well. He's not going to be like a guy who switches for you on every possession or anything like that. He's no precious Achua, but I think he is a really, really nice defender to kind of have as the back end of your defense. You know, I I think he's probably like, at worst, the sixth or seventh best center in the NBA, maybe as high as fifth. Like, he's a very good player, and I think there's still some room to grow there. He's had some mid-range flourishes and things like that. Could you step it out a couple of feet and become a three-point shooter? I don't think that's, like, crazy. He's never really done it, but he's got touch. And so I think that's something the Raptors would certainly explore if they were to land him. And for me, if you're not getting Kevin Durant and you're just going to kind of continue this building process going into next year... I kind of think I'm just in talent accrual mode more than anything else. And for me, I think Aiton's a better player than Gary Trent Jr., for example. Like, I I think if I'm the Raptors, I probably value a guy like Aiton over Trent as well. Fit, you know, doesn't really come into this conversation for me. I'm just, who's the better player? Who would you rather have on your team to help sort of improve your maneuverability going forward, to improve your overall talent that you have in the door? And to me, if they can pull off something for Aiton where Trent is kind of the big piece going out, I could totally see that being something that they explore. Um, You know, it it gets difficult because there's probably other stuff that has to go out, as we'll get to here in a sec. But I like the idea of Aiden. I I think the the fit, you know, it's not ideal because of the lack of shooting. But I think, you know, as you kind of go forward here, you can figure out ways to sort of make it happen and and work on the spacing. And, you know, the four or five pick and roll opportunities with Siakam and Aiden seems very fun. He's like a great scorer at the rim. He would give the Raptors a rim element that they you know, I've kind of lacked it in moments as well, even though I think they kind of stand a chance of being a very good rim pressure team soon with Scotty Barnes kind of leveling up and Siakam always kind of being pretty good around there. But, uh, you know, why not more rim pressure? That uh, I say, bring in more. So let's pull up this deal that our pal Hackett devised and you can say whether or not you think it's good or not. Uh, We got it here. The Toronto Raptors receive DeAndre Ayton and Torrey Craig. The Suns receive Kevin Durant and Kem Birch. The Nets receive Mikal Bridges, Gary Trent Jr., Precious Achua, and four unprotected firsts. I just want to confirm what the Raptors are sending out pick-wise. The Raptors are sending out one unprotected first in 2023. So probably not a very good pick. They'll be you know, pretty good next season, you would assume. Um, so this is the framework. It's courtesy our pal Daniel Hackett at Raptors HQ. The Raptors are the benefactors here. They get DeAndre Ayton and then Torrey Craig as well, just as a sweetener. And the Nets get Bridges, Trent, Achua, 
maybe the kind of haul that they need here to actually pull this thing off. Uh, you know, you can disagree with giving up Precious. I would totally understand that. I think, you know, the Nets are going to sort of demand someone like that if they're going to facilitate this type of three-teamer. Um, and we should say, three-team deals are very hard to pull off. This is probably not happening, but it is legal. It is possible. Big V, what say you to this uh, monster of a deal devised by our pal Daniel Hackett over at Raptors HQ? Yeah, I, I think that's a no for me. I think uh, yeah. giving up Gary Precious and a f- unprotected first-round pick for DeAndre Ayton would be too much. I think uh, this is where, even in terms of fit, uh, I would have some serious doubts. And so it, in mm-hmm. terms of the Raptors' playing style, right? And, sure. Uh, I think, you know, sure, the Raptors would like to get more shots at the rim, more efficiency at the rim, and Ayton would help that. But uh, outside of that... Uh, I think the combination of Gary plus Precious uh, is better. Uh, and so uh, I would be against it. Uh, I think, again, you, you swing for KD. If not, you roll with what you have. Um, and, you know, I think the other part of this, too, is when you look at Precious, uh we might be underrating his value. Sure. He only had like, like if precious had played the final two months or if precious had played all season, the way he did the final two months, I I think we'd be talking about him very differently. And that's kind of how I view him now. Um, Mm -hmm. So uh, I would be very, very reluctant to do that deal. Yeah, I, I think I probably am with you. Um, you know, this is sort of the, the way that you make it so it works for the Nets, and they, maybe they, they, maybe they want to give up Kevin Durant. But I, I think Precious is probably a bridge too far. If you can make it work with like a Christian Coloco or something like that, then yeah, sign me up. But uh, I think Precious is probably a bridge too far when you also factor in the first round pick for next season. Um, so yeah, I think I'm with you. Like I, I do think there's a world in which they get involved in this Aiden thing. Uh, it, maybe it's a fourth team where instead of Precious sending, you know, going to the Nets, it's someone else throwing something to the Nets to sort of facilitate maybe an extra first or something like that. Um, but you know, and so like this is not the only framework of this that actually works. But just wanted to sort of display for everybody that it is possible to could devise something totally crazy that gets the Raptors DeAndre Ayton as a benefactor of this sort of three-team mess here. Uh, but I think I'm with you. You know, there, there's still a world in which they just do a Trent for Ayton sign-and-trade thing, too, if, you know, the, the Nets don't have to necessarily be involved in this either. Um, it probably feels more likely that they will be because these are kind of the three teams who remain a little bit in flux. The Raptors have their thing set up, though. That's yeah. I guess that's a thing I haven't really mentioned because, you know, we've only talked about the Otto Porter thing once. But I do like the idea that... The Raptors have kind of set their team for next season. And if they do nothing, like they're not missing out on anything. It's not like where the offseason where they were hoping for Giannis and unsure of what the, you know, his supermax situation was going to be. It caused them to both lose out on Gasol and Ibaka and also lose out on all the other bigs who were out there because they were kind of waiting to see what was happening. Like they're not in that situation where they're going to kind of be st- stuck with no chair to sit in at the end of it. Like they they've already won the musical chairs. They've got the guy that they want, Otto Porter. Their team seems set, and now they can just sort of shake things up in a big way with a deal if they want. But they don't necessarily have to because the team is pretty much in stone, which is great. Um, any parting shots here? This is going to be a lot of fun all week, man. I, it, you know, it's tiresome for sure, but also. It's one of the more interesting basketball thought exercises 
I can remember kind of getting involved in. And I, I really truly think, I said this on Friday, I don't think you're wrong necessarily if you want to trade Scotty Barnes for Kevin Durant and whatever comes with it. I think I disagree with it, but I also don't think there's a wrong basketball answer here because whatever the basketball result is, the Raptors are going to be in pretty darn good shape no matter what. Um, any last here shots here, parting shots here, Big V, before we wrap this one up? Um, I think I'll just add, you know, with the Scotty Barnes idea, uh, I just think because of his salary, you are going to have to add, you know, two yeah. core guys just to get it up to the KD level. And that's where if you're putting Scotty plus two core guys, that's, it just doesn't make any sense. So, sure. um, I think that would be way too much. And so I just think Scotty's out of the question. Um, I agree, but yeah, I don't think it's happening. <laughs> the man's uh, running around shoppers drug marts on scooters giving photo ops in Toronto. He's not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. I think the last thing I probably add is, you know, I, I have doubts over whether MLSE would be willing to go into the luxury tax for Deandre Ayton. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Fair uh, enough. Yeah. So that point. So, uh, I I'm a bit skeptical about that one as well. And yeah, I think we've covered most of it. So I'll just leave it at that and we'll see where things uh, land up uh, uh, as the week goes on. My dream for this week in KD five ways week and cooking show parlance is that while we're recording one of these episodes, the trade actually breaks and we have a full on meltdown. Um, but, you know, didn't happen. We're 0 for 1 so far on that. That's OK. Uh, we'll be back again tomorrow. We're going to do the crossover episode with definitely Adam from Locked On Nets and possibly Brendan from Locked On Suns thrown in there as well, which should be a good time. And then we got the rest of the week lined up. We're going to talk about feelings with Katie. Will Lou's going to pop on. We're going to talk about just sort of the big picture of it all as well. And we'll, you know, obviously pivot if anything does break this week. But it's a KD week here on the pod. And I could not be more thrilled because this is extremely fun and dumb. I love fake sports. They're the best. Transactions, baby. Uh, with that, we're going to round it out. Thank you very much. You can follow the podcast wherever you get your shows and all the different apps and on YouTube. It's much appreciated when you subscribe and support the show that way. It costs no money to do, and it makes me feel very good. You can also make your second listen of the day locked on NBA as they're going to have all of this stuff covered as well from a league-wide perspective, so you can check that out. And uh, with that, we will round it out, and we will talk to you again on Tuesday with another episode of Locked on Raptors. Bye-bye. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.